Hey, welcome to the 1138 Podcast, a podcast where I interview people I know who have lived great lives for God. My hope is to encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus with your life. The world is not worthy of my guests, and I hope you're encouraged as you listen. My name is Rudy, and thanks for catching up with me. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the podcast. Um, I have an interview today with my good friend, Karina Venable, who um, we've known each other for many, many years now. Some of you know her. Those of you don't are in for a treat to get to hear her talk about life and fostering and adoption and motherhood and authorship and just um, staying close to the Lord uh, by knowing and trusting in him and knowing his word. Um, I've wanted to bring this interview to you for a long time now. So this is actually our second take on this. The first time around, it was a great interview, but the file got corrupted. And so here we are on take two. And uh, I'm so glad that Karina was willing to try again. You're not going to want to miss this. So I hope you enjoy today's podcast. Thanks. Karina Venable, I have you on the podcast. Uh, for those of you that don't know, this is actually take two because the first time the file got corrupted, but we're going to trust the Lord with that. And we are trusting the Lord with that. And I want to tell you a few things to open up here. So Karina, you're my friend. I've known you for a while. When I think about you, I think about your kind smile, your welcoming hospitality, your gentleness, your just your kindness. There may not be a kinder person I know. And I, and I know that's maybe saying a lot, but it's, it's, it's really true. So I think about how the Lord has been uh, to you and how he's taken care of you over all these years. And, and hopefully we'll get into some of that as we talk. Um, I think about the last time I saw you, we were down in Austin, Texas. I was visiting, I walked into the Hagen's living room and there you were, and you gave me this big hug and your, your husband, David gives me this big hug and you've just been, that's just you. Like you're this loving towards many, many people. But I know for us, we have experienced your kindness and your love for all these years. And so I have this podcast, the 1138 podcast, which which the word says there that the world was not worthy of all of these saints. And when I think about this podcast, the reason why I'm doing it is to help people go forward in the name of Jesus. And I think about you specifically, I think, Karina, the world is not worthy of you. What do you think with that? What is what does that do for your heart, your mind? Um, I don't. Aside from faith in God's goodness, I could not believe that. Like I couldn't believe the truth of that statement. So, uh, mm-hmm. but just God's word tells me that that He has qualified me. Mm. for him. And so, uh, if I'm qualified for him, golly, what, what am I not qualified for? Right. Wow. So, yeah. Yeah. So you're, who are you to be the judge over God's judgment? Is that what you're saying? Yeah. And, and also like, if you are good enough for God, Mm what can you not be good enough for, you know, like, and and the only way that we are good enough for God is because his son stands for us, you know, his, and his spirit resides in us. 
And so, you know, mm-hmm. God's looking at us and he's looking at his son and, mm-hmm. and incredible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that is incredible. Yeah, I knew we had to do this podcast again. That's already gold. <laughs> <laughs> that is, it's so good. So uh, tell us, not everybody knows you. Mm-hmm. Tell us what are some of the roles in your life? Who who are you, Karina Venable? Yeah. Um, so I am a wife to David Venable, who is a great man. And I am a mother to two beautiful sons, uh, John and James. And I am uh, an adoptive mother. Um, so I'm incredibly thankful and humbled to be even able to say that I'm a mother. Mm. Um, I am a homeschool teacher. Um, I am a friend to many wonderful, incredible women that I'm blessed to know. Um, and men too. I don't discriminate. (laughs) (laughs) Just in a different way. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And, um, I'm a writer, a reader, Probably more of a reader than a writer, but <laughs> I like to do both. Um, yeah, mm. a daughter, a sister. Those are just some of my roles. Wow. You're a busy woman. <laughs> <laughs> I don't do all of those well. <laughs> uh, probably better than you know. So in all of those roles and, and just even outside the rules, if, if you think about this, um, what, what gets you up in the morning? What are you currently passionate about? Um, that's a really good question. So I, well, I can't get up without my morning coffee. So we'll just say that. Yes. Um, and I get up to, to essentially love my family and whoever I'm coming across that day. Mm. Um, and to, I, I want to be a channel of God's love and be who the people in front of me need me to be, essentially. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, you know, I'm not, that's not to say like, uh, it that kind of sounds like two-faced almost of like trying to be what everyone needs me to be. Um, but it's just, you know, like when I get up in the morning, if I am tired and grumpy and like just not feeling like getting up in the morning, mm-hmm. I could get up and show that to my kids or I could decide like I'm just going to set that aside mm-hmm. and smile and give them a hug because that's what they need. You know, mm-hmm. they need to be with love and warmth. Um, so yeah, that's, that's what I'm trying to do throughout the day. And, and really I, I am very passionate about my sons growing to know the Lord and knowing the truth. Mm -hmm. Um, and we homeschool our sons. And so every day looks like school in a sense, but like you know, we're, we're educating them and we're trying to fill them with goodness and truth. And, um, Mm. so yeah, that's, that's what I get up to do every day. 
Mm-hmm. You know, and that makes me think of um, a few things, but but in this last that last little bit you mentioned about the homeschooling, you know, in in, in COVID twenty twenty, at least in Colorado and and other parts of the country, de- depending on the type of school our kids are in, they're either in in person or online. And so a lot of the people I'm interacting with, a lot of the parents I'm interacting with are, have, have essentially become almost homeschool parents, you know, mm-hmm. but, but I do, I will say this. I, I also get a bunch of questions of, well, how can I be a homeschool parent now, which they haven't, they didn't plan for that. They're just doing it. Uh-huh. But, but you added that part, you're passionate about your kids growing in the Lord and so do you have any thoughts for the people listening, the parents who are suddenly at home working a job, schooling their kids kind of with online schooling? How, how do you build into your kids? How are you intentional in that um, with your with your boys? Mm. I, well, one, something that we've done from the beginning is we start our day off with the word. So at breakfast, we're all gathering around for breakfast anyway. And so we read the word together. Um, and this particular school year, um, because a lot of our outside activities were canceled, David and I started doing things a little differently where we alternate mornings. So like some mornings he has breakfast with the boys and some mornings I have breakfast with the boys so that we're having some time off, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Uh, and But we just, we read either a devotional or scripture um, with the boys as they're eating breakfast. And then throughout the day, because I, or because we are, um, we're not, in the public school system or like in a private school. So like we are deciding the curriculum, right? Mm -hmm. And so we are deciding like what to spend time reading or what to spend time writing or, you know, like we're Mm -hmm. making all those decisions. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I was telling David that I feel like one good thing about COVID happening um, might mm-hmm. be that parents get to experience what their kids are doing in school and and might realize like what they have um, what they have handed off to another person. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm not just, I'm not anti-public school or anti-private school or whatever. I'm just saying like, so that parents can actually see like, oh, this is what my kid is learning Mm -hmm. throughout the day. Mm -hmm. And, and then they can question themselves of like, do I like this? Do I agree Mm -hmm. with this? Um, And then do I want to continue like this? Mm -hmm. Uh, Because, Mm -hmm. you know, at any point, like any parent can decide to, stay at home and school their children. I know mm-hmm. that's countercultural, mm-hmm. um, but like, you know, whatever your child is being fed throughout the day, like that is forming their mind. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like what they're seeing in the classroom or at home or whatever, like mm-hmm. that's all forming them. 
Um, and so I just, I, I do hope that parents will take this as an opportunity to see like, I guess how their kids are being influenced or what they're learning. Um, and do they mm -hmm. like that? Mm -hmm. And do changes need to be made? Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. I don't know if that totally answers your question. Well, no, yeah, it's really helpful. But I, you know, in my experience and, and my observation would tell me that that idea, although it's a good idea, is still not the majority of the idea. So I, we still have this, in, in my case with this podcast, we have this listenership, these people who are listening, and if they're parents and they're listening, they're mm -hmm. saying, yeah, Bakrina, I'm not going to, I'm not going to stay home to, to, you know, mm. to be the teacher, but yeah. how do I raise them in the Lord knowing yeah. that they're still getting exposed? That would, that would be my word, exposed or to these different ideologies, if you will. And right. so, so, um, you know, because, because I love the idea, you're passionate about your kids growing in the Lord. Mm -hmm. I hope would be all Christian parents would be passionate about that, Yeah. but how we do it. I mean, I'm still getting those questions. How do I do it, Rudy? Yeah. How do I do it with my kids? And so that's why I asked you that question thinking like, how do you do it? So it sounds like you do it in the mornings, the devotionals, you do it as with being involved. Now, in your case with schooling, you're doing it even more so because you're able to, to really drive the curriculum but sure. even if you drive the curriculum, there's still you're still having to watch over your children. Yes. To me, it sounds like you're engaged. That would be the yeah. word I'd say. You're just engaged. Yes. And like I guess homeschooling gives me a lot more opportunities to shepherd my kids because mm -hmm. I'm with them throughout the whole day. Um <laughs> for better or worse. Like sometimes I have thought, like, oh, is this like counterproductive for me to be with them all the time because then I get worn out and then they get the worst of me mm -hmm. or, you know like I, I've definitely wrestled with that mm -hmm. uh, but yeah like throughout the day um, I I see their responses to things I'm able to call them out on like hey it looks like you're angry like what are you angry about mm -hmm. and we talk a lot about feelings and choices um, something that we've been working on with my younger one, uh, he's of the personality type or the, I don't know, I don't know if it's a personality thing or what, but just like, if, if he's not getting what he wants, it's like tantrum time. Like, mm. can't get what I want. Nobody will. <laughs> you know? So we talk awesome. about, yeah, how like, when we don't get what we want in life, uh, we have some options. Mm -hmm. And it's usually like grumble, complain, or be thankful and be in prayer. Mm -hmm. Because, like, just because you're not getting what you want mm -hmm. doesn't mean that you can't say that to God. But, like, it, you, you do need to check your heart of, like, am I now grumbling against God? Am I grumbling at my mom? Am I grumbling at my brother? Um, mm. Or am I praying to God and letting him know my desires mm. and, but thanking him anyway, like for, for whatever mm. he's given us, mm. you know, we talk a lot about like um, that. This is the day that the Lord has made. Yeah. And yeah good. In it and, um, mm. 
Yeah, but you know, it's a. I read about half of Paul David Tripp's book, Parenting. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just one that I pick up occasionally because there's so much goodness in there. Mm-hmm. But I'll, I'll pick it up and I'm reminded that parenting is like one super long conversation. Mm-hmm. So you don't have to get everything in one conversation. Mm-hmm. You can have the conversation later at snack or mm-hmm. after or before bed or whatever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm mm-hmm. encouraging to me. Like, it's not something that needs to be done in a day. Yeah. And, yeah, the long game, the long yeah. game. Would you uh, would you say that that relates to marriage as well? Would yeah. you would you take it would you take it to other relationships? Yeah, for sure. I I spent the first year of my marriage thinking that I had married the wrong person. Mm. And I I think that was Satan's attack on our marriage. Plus the effects of my bad choices throughout my youth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so um, I just, I had a lot of immoral relationships before coming to know the Lord um, and even after. And those don't just evaporate into thin air, you know? And so mm-hmm. I think part of the consequence was. Um, I just had lots of lingering doubts into my marriage. And if, you know, if our, if our relationship was only going to be whatever it was in the first year, then what a tragedy, you Mm -hmm. know, but but in the first year, yeah, like I I did have a lot of doubts and, uh, we had a lot of trials Mm. and those didn't go away right away. Mm But yeah, marriage is a long game and a lot of um, God reminding me of truth and um, and having a lot of hard conversations with David mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. that um, a lot of fruit has come from that. Mm. Yeah, yeah I, I think about um, somebody recently thanked me for the patience I showed them. I didn't even think I was that patient, but I, but, but I, but I, my response to their thanks was, what else can I be? The Lord has been so patient with me. Mm-hmm. And if I wish I thought that way all the time, I wish I could say that I don't, but in that moment I did. And it felt like, Ooh, that was the right response, you know? And, yeah. and, but, to me, that's what there's that side where it's like I've been shown so much mercy and patience and grace and love and kindness from yeah. the Lord. How can I turn to someone else and demand anything differently? And yet, I have a responsibility to raise my kids and to mm-hmm. teach them the things of the Lord. And I have a responsibility to my wife, and and we we have to work on things. We can't just let everything go forever. And yet there's this side that says, let us be long suffering like the Lord is with us. And so um, yeah. I'm just mostly commentating on what you're saying there. But if you have a thought on that, 
you know, if you, a way to expound that, that'd be great. But that's my thought. It's just, boy, he's been so patient with us. We should play the long game with our kids, with our spouses, with our neighbors, you know, all that. For sure. Good things grow slowly. And mm. we just remember that, you know, avocado trees don't have fruit the first few years. <laughs> but then yeah. we'll they're so good. <laughs> <laughs> do you have them in your yard? Uh, no, I'm actually, I did try planting some, so I've got some growing on my window. Hey. But uh, they, they probably will never fruit. Yeah. But, yeah. you know, yeah. Uh, try. yeah, I just... For fun. <laughs> yeah, that's a lot of fun. Yeah. Well, a quick kind of a summary, not a summary. What are, here's the question. Yeah. Parenting. You yeah. and David, you mentioned rotating in the morning mm-hmm. some. Mm-hmm. And that made me think of a question I got recently from a friend here saying, he called me saying, Rudy, what do you do about the Sabbath? How do you, do you take a Sabbath and how do you Sabbath being a parent? Because you're kind of always on yeah, and you got work and you got life and you got everything kind of keep, they just keep going. So any insight to the Venable Sabbath rhythm? <laughs> do y'all have one? If you do, how do you manage that as uh, parents? Yeah. You know, we started trying, we started practicing a Sabbath when the boys were little, um, like in their baby or toddler years. And, um, and I remember being like really bitter because I thought like diapers still need to be changed and Mm. food still needs to be made. And, um, and I wrestled about like, what is Sabbath really supposed to mean? Mm. Uh, Something that helped me was when, our pastor talked about the Sabbath or taught about the Sabbath one Sunday. And he was saying that the Sabbath is like when you're not trying to get things done, like you're not trying to make things happen. Um, And so that helped me because the, my little Pharisee mindset was kept on getting triggered by like, ah, making a meal. I'm not supposed to be making a meal, Mm -hmm. Uh, but yeah. So um, now like I do try to, cook ahead of time so that on Sunday I don't have to make food. Um, but if that doesn't happen, it's okay. You know, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and for us, the Sabbath looks a lot like, um, a lot of reading, Mm -hmm. (laughs) a lot of sitting outside while the boys go crazy in the yard, Mm -hmm. sometimes going to the pool or, you know, mm-hmm. just trying to do things so that David and I can sit and relax, but the boys can still get all their energy out because mm-hmm. <laughs> they need to do that. That's, you know, yeah, they're boys. So. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Yeah. That's really good. Well, I know um, you mentioned earlier of all the roles you play, you're a reader, you're a writer. I know you have a passion for women and ministering to women. Mm-hmm. Uh, can you tell us tell us about that? Tell us more about your passions there. Um, so I have 
been really thankful for opportunities that I've had um, at our new, or well, at our church, Providence Church. I say our new church because we were with Live Oak for so long. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but now we've been with Providence for like seven years, so it's mm-hmm. not new. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, I've been thankful for opportunities to um, share. Like a couple years ago, I shared at the women's retreat um, just our experience with foster care. Um, and experiencing God's faithfulness through that. Um, and then I've, I've also gotten to talk to women that are going through infertility, mm-hmm. uh, just one-on-one meetings with a couple women who are going through that and was able to, um, I guess, just comfort them in an area that God comforted me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I, I just, I love sharing God's truth with younger women and young moms. Um, and I love reminding them that like, just because life is hard does not mean that they're doing the wrong thing. Cause I know like, you know, the enemy likes to, tempt us to question a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, I just really love reminding young women about God's truths and um, and encouraging them to persevere mm-hmm. and to be in the word and to take God at his word. Mm-hmm. Um, so like when Jesus says um, that, that he is the way and the life, like that that's true. And when God mm-hmm. says that he's equipped us for the things that he has for us to do, that that's true. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and when he says that he is our treasure and our portion, mm-hmm. that that's actually true. And that mm-hmm. if we get the house and the kids and the car and the trips and the, whatever it is that we're mm-hmm. wanting, even if we don't get that stuff, like if we have the Lord, he is our treasure. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, I just love meeting with women um, and encouraging them. And and I love hearing others' stories. Like, there's just so much goodness that comes from sharing our stories with one another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think it helps because an outsider can ask questions that we might not have thought of mm-hmm. um, about mm-hmm. our stories so um yeah yeah that's so wow well kind of along those lines what are there you might have already touched on this a little bit but are there habits um practices in your life that that keep you persevering in the lord that just keep you close to jesus or what do you, how do you tackle those difficulties because life life is hard and yeah. We're in this pandemic right now, and that alone is hurting a bunch of people. So, um, yeah, any thoughts to encourage people, even just from your own practices or personal disciplines? Sure. Um, I try to journal, especially if if I'm ever, like, you know, going about my day and mm-hmm. uh, God, like, really impresses 
something upon my heart. Like I, I try to write it down mm. so that later um, I can go back to that. Um, and yeah. like just the other day, I, the other day was one of those down days where, you know, I was just sad and mm. started questioning everything in my life. <laughs> and yeah. um, anytime I start doing that, I, I think like, okay, I need to either talk to someone or pray or go back and read my journals. Um, Cause I think mm. it really does help to look mm-hmm. back and remember mm-hmm. what God has already told us. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm. yeah, I, I do try to do that. Um, mm-hmm. And I, yeah, just throughout scripture, I've been reading um, the old Testament again. I've been doing the Bible recap um, Bible mm-hmm. reading. And so I'm in numbers, which I love numbers. <laughs> Not the first whatever, 10 chapters or whatever, <laughs> but, but there are a lot of good chapters in there. And, uh, and we just, I, every time I read the old Testament, I see like, you know, if the Israelites had remembered what God said like 10 chapters ago or 30 mm-hmm. chapters ago, um, then that would have helped them through this bit of the wilderness. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, just I try to go back and reread journals and um, mm-hmm. yeah, and also just share my sad feelings with loved ones that I trust so that they can tell me like Karina listen to this or <laughs> I know <laughs> yeah. So, yeah one of my life verses comes from numbers numbers 23 19 God is not a man that he should lie nor the son of a man that he should go back on his word and um, I just always go back to God will never, ever, ever, ever lie. He, and so he, he's not like me or you or anyone else. Um, so he's always going to tell the truth. Um, but that makes me wonder, what's, do you have a life first? Is that a concept that you do? Some, oh, some Christians do that. Some don't, but. Um, I, I'd say probably um, from the book of Isaiah, oh, I can't even recite it. I don't typically like say like, this is my life verse that has encouraged me um, is the verse from Isaiah 41, where he talks about upholding us with his righteous right hand. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I love the whole portion about um, waiting on the Lord and those who wait on the Lord will soar on eagles wings. Um, and, yeah, just the the concept of being in God's hand uh, is really helpful to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I don't know if you know that old Footprints poem. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like, I had a copy of that poem hanging up in my room when I was a kid, and mm-hmm. I did not know the lyrics. And But just the idea that there was a God who could carry us through hard times, like that picture was so meaningful to me. And so, uh, and then when I became a believer in college, like any scriptures about God upholding us or um, 
or like carrying us or anything like that. Any of those scriptures always stood out to me of like, oh, this is who I was attracted to when I was even a little kid, you know, yeah. like, oh. God would carry me. Um, yeah. That's so. so good. I just got like chill bumps. Oh. That one. Um, when you and I were talking about you coming on the podcast, which has been a while back now at this point, mm-hmm. um, you wrote to me saying you'd like to talk about foster care. You'd like to talk about being a mom. Mm-hmm. And, and, but you, you said something that, and this phrase just intrigued me then and it intrigues me now. And I wanted to see if you'll explain it to us. Um, okay. <laughs> okay. So you, so you said foster care and adoption uh, and becoming a mom, it saves you daily or it did save you daily. Oh, I hope yeah. I didn't get that wrong. No. Yeah. Yeah. But I'm, but I'm curious. That's a, that's a big statement to me. Yeah. So I'm curious. What, what does that mean? Help, help us understand that. Um, yeah, it does. I think there is a there is a verse about women being saved by bearing children or having children, um, and I should look it up. But it, yeah, definitely being a mom has pulled me back to God's word more than anything else. Mm. Uh, because I've just been so desperate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially fostering. Um, because when you when you foster a child, you don't know if how long that child will be with you. Mm-hmm. Uh, all you know is that you are providing a loving home for the child to be safe and hopefully, develop attachment to an authority figure or a a caretaker figure. Mm -hmm. And that's, no. And so, um, yeah, when we fostered John, he was our first placement and he came to us as a little baby. Mm -hmm. Um, and it, at the beginning of his story, basically being a mom to him, um, had me constantly turning to the Lord for, for my assurance that God was going to take care of me, <laughs> which is mm-hmm. funny. It's like my job is to be taking care of John and mm-hmm. I'm thinking like, okay, like, yeah, I'm taking care of John, but God, are you going to take care of me? <laughs> uh, because yeah. like, if I have to say goodbye to this little baby, like mm-hmm. I'm going to be a wreck. Mm-hmm. And, um, and then you know, same thing with, with James, like when we were fostering James, we didn't know what would happen to him. And, um, and then as the boys have grown older, um, my, it, I'm definitely still turning to the Lord, but for different reasons. And a lot of those reasons are my own selfishness, my own pride, my own, mm-hmm. just my flesh, like, rearing its ugly head every day as mm-hmm. I'm for these little boys um, mm-hmm. and just being a parent, whether a mom or a dad, like you do have to die to yourself mm-hmm. days 
hour by hour, sometimes, you know, minute by minute. And, um, and in practicing that, like in practicing dying, <laughs> um, <laughs> I, I've become more like Christ. And, mm. and so I know that God has used motherhood to sanctify me, um, mm. and to, and to reflect him more mm. and, you know, I'm practicing that with my kids and then I go out into the outside world, like outside my home and I reflect that more with others mm-hmm. as well, more mm-hmm. than I would have otherwise. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, I think if, if not for having children, I would be incredibly um, self-consumed and totally inward looking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. So mm. I think being a parent just um, refines us in beautiful ways. It's hard, <laughs> but, mm-hmm. but uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I've said for years, I think um, marriage was the hardest thing I did until I, I had, and I got that from Mark Hagan actually. And then, uh, but I believed it. I was like, that sounds right. And it's true. Um, and then, and then, then you become a parent if, if the Lord wills that. And then that's harder, I think. Um, to me, it's, it's been harder, but obviously amazing and rewarding. So, yeah, thanks for sharing that. That just, that, that statement really just intrigued me. So, mm-hmm. um, as it relates to, motherhood, foster motherhood, um, anything else you'd want to share uh, on that subject? I, I feel like it's such a huge, huge topic, a huge need. Mm-hmm. I've got friends currently in the thick of that life. I've got people that are trying to enter. I'm, I'm, yeah. Any words of encouragement that yeah. you might add? Um. I, it, well, fostering and adopting is not for the faint of heart, mm. I'd say. Mm. Uh, but just because it's hard does not mean that you shouldn't do it. So, um, I, yeah, I think our world tends to teach us that we should only do things that come naturally to us or... Um, you know, the things that aren't too difficult, Mm -hmm. but, um, yeah, foster care definitely falls in the too difficult Mm -hmm. (laughs) realm. Mm -hmm. And, um, but God calls us to care for the orphan and the widow. And so, yeah, if, if you have a heart for the orphan or the widow in, in any capacity, um, definitely, um, what's the word, like pursue that and mm. pursue, pursue God in prayer and, and move forward and, and yeah, definitely move forward. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. David and I have been, we, we, we've gone through a bit of a journey with foster care. We, we fostered, um, our two sons and we, 
had the gift of adopting them. And then we fostered a third um, baby boy and had to say goodbye to him. And that was incredibly rough. And we took some time off after that. Um, and then a, almost a year ago now, we, we started getting back into it and got all of our trainings redone, relicensed, and now we've been just waiting. Mm. It has been rough and just wondering, like, ah, do we change agencies? What do we do? Like, is mm-hmm. what's going on? Why is this taking so long? And mm-hmm. and meanwhile, I'm reading <laughs> about the Israelites wandering around in the desert. <laughs> Oh, yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, what? What? <laughs> um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I don't I don't know. This mm-hmm. is, like, still being written. Mm-hmm. But um, trust mm-hmm. me, I'm reading something. Yeah. I, I, that just makes me think of the Lord in the garden before he goes to the cross, before he's betrayed. And and he's he's praying, and he's in agony, mm-hmm. and he's asking the Father to remove the task from mm-hmm. him. And because you said something there, it's not for the faint of heart. And and our Savior is anything but faint of heart. Like he went all the way against every human tendency and ability. Yeah. Um, and so I guess I'm, I'm curious, um, you know, when, cause people, I know people, you've maybe thought it yourself, but it's too much. I can't do it. Mm-hmm. The Lord, I can't do it. Father, take it away from me. Yeah. Yet your will be done. Yeah. How did, how did you. For those of you who don't know, Karina's not like six foot five, you know, big linebacker. She's a just a, a godly woman rooted in the faith, strong of perseverance and character. How do you do that? How do you mm. how do you go into the to that cross, if you will? Uh, because people probably look at you and say, "It's too much. You can't do it." Yeah, yeah. I've had so many people. When they learn our story, they say, oh, we we wanted to adopt at some point, or, but but I don't think I could ever foster. I mean, that would just be too hard. Like, I couldn't say goodbye to the baby. And I want to, like, say, yeah, I can't do it either. <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. Um, it is too hard. Mm-hmm. And, and, and I, yeah, th- those are my prayers mm-hmm. a lot to God. Like, God, I can't do this. It's too hard. Mm-hmm. And I remember when we were when we were fostering our, our third little boy, um, <laughs> he had been with us like maybe a month or so. And I start reading Exodus. No, no, no. He had been with us like almost almost three months. Mm-hmm. And I start reading Exodus, and I learn about or well, not for the first time, but I'm but I'm relearning about Moses and mm-hmm. Moses's mom, mm-hmm. and she had to like. Mm-hmm give him into the hands of the Lord. And I immediately was like, no, God, (laughs) like, Mm -hmm. no, do not tell me that this is what is about to happen because I can't, like, I just cannot. Mm -hmm. 
Mm-hmm. And I'm holding this dear little boy. I mean, he was so sweet. Mm-hmm. And, like he came to us when he was five pounds. And I fed him like over 400 times in the time that he was with us because we had to feed him like every two hours because he was a preemie. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I'm like reading Exodus and thinking, oh, I'm about to have to say goodbye to this little boy. And I, I told God, like, I, ca- I can't. Like, there's just no way. It's going to be too hard. Yeah. And um, and then, like, sure enough, um, I think the next week or maybe after that, the caseworker told us, like, yeah, he's going to go back to, to grandma. Okay. Um, and I, when we said goodbye to him, put him in the car seat and shut the door and waved goodbye. Um, when I went to bed that night, I did not want to wake up the next morning. Yeah. And I woke up at three in the morning to feed him. And I didn't have a baby there to feed. Um, and, and I can only imagine, I can only imagine moms that are experiencing this um, from losing their babies. Um, yeah. I, I at least had the comfort of knowing that he was alive. Mm-hmm. Um, but I just felt like I, I didn't know how I would get through it. And I remembered that God had told me that he would carry me through the hard. Mm-hmm. And so I went to him, and it was minute by minute at some point. It's like just having to tell him, like, God, this is too hard. Help me to breathe. Mm-hmm. And I was so thankful for the children that he had provided for me. He, he gave me my sons as comfort. Um, he gave me a wonderful husband as comfort. He sent friends. Friends would come and just pray. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it was it was really beautiful to see God keep His word. Um, he just surrounded me with with His with His body of believers. Mm-hmm. Um, so I know you have listeners out there who who might be the comforter you mm-hmm. have who might need the comforting mm-hmm. um, but God is at work in it all and mm-hmm. I I'm thankful whenever I am called to be the comforter <laughs> mm-hmm. it's not so fun being the one who needs the comforting <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah but yeah just a lot of prayer and God's faithfulness. That's how we are able to do these things that are impossible. Yeah. Yeah, that's so good. <sighs> you got me crying. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> no, it's that's good. I need to cry. So um well this the podcast is is meant to help people go forward in the name of Jesus. That was my dad saying. I've adopted it as my own. Um, so what 
one encouragement, and we this whole thing is about encouragement, but mm. but if any additional thoughts or specific encouragements you would have for people listening, I, I can just tell you a few few of the things that I'm interacting with as people are talking to me in the last few weeks, and people are asking me questions like, how do you discern when the Spirit's leading you? How do you know um, what to do or not to do? What does it mean to be led by the Spirit of God? Um, and so those are a few of the questions or types of questions that I'm interacting with on a regular basis um, in all aspects of life, from politics to decision-making to parenting and everything else. But I'm curious if you have any words of encouragement on how how to go forward in the name of Jesus, which is to say, I think, to walk in the Spirit. So, um, okay. yeah, any thoughts there? Yeah. Um, well, I'll say that something that has really encouraged me from re-listening to the Old Testament um, is just that that it's evident that God uses people very like fallible people mm. to carry forth and carry out his plan. Mm. And time and again, you see in scripture that like God is, God is leading or for example, God asks Moses like to go talk to Pharaoh mm -hmm. and Moses just doesn't want to. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and for whatever reason, like, from reading it, it seems like maybe he doubted his own abilities. Um, but then by the end, it almost seems like, well, yeah, he doubted his abilities, but he also just didn't want to do it. Mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. And, mm -hmm. and maybe it's his past. Maybe he feels unqualified because he was a murderer. Mm -hmm. like, <laughs> if mm -hmm. anything make you feel unqualified, <laughs> that might be one of the things. <laughs> Check this box, sir. You're yeah. not worthy <laughs> talk about a terrible thing to write on a job application like well, i've got a thought for you on that i want to share with you in a little bit Go ahead. have you ever been convicted of a felony <laughs> moses would have said yes yeah or, or not convicted but he he fled right that's true like so not only is he a murderer he ran away like a coward okay so anyway um i I'm not sharing all this to like throw Moses under the bus. <laughs> it's to say like God had this plan that he was going to use Moses mm -hmm. and Moses didn't want to. And he was like throwing all the excuses out and yet God had his plan occur. And then like he saves all those Israelites out of the land of Egypt and he is taking them to the promised land um, but, you know, as a people, they keep doubting him. They keep doubting God's goodness. They keep doubting whether he exists. Um, mm -hmm. They turn to lesser gods. And yet God carries out his plan. Um, and so I, I'm just encouraged that as we go along, we can be assured that God is going to carry out his plan. Like, whether or not we say yes to this or no to that, he is still going to carry out his plan. Mm -hmm. 
And he wants to do it with us walking side by side with him. Mm-hmm. He, he wants mm-hmm. us to believe in his goodness. He wants us to believe in his character. And that's what he was. He kept saying that to Moses, like, mm-hmm. how times are these people not going to believe in me? And like, I, as a new believer, when I would read the Old Testament, I would see all these laws and rules and see consequences being doled out. And I was just really afraid, like, oh my gosh, I'm messing up. God mm-hmm. is going to, you know, whatever, kill me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, but I see, no, like God wanted their faith in him. And, and yes, he did give them rules for how to live. Uh, but ultimate for their salvation was mm-hmm. their faith in him and who he was, mm-hmm. uh, who he is, I should say. And so I wrestle with those questions too, about like, what should we do? How do I know? Like, as we're walking through this with foster care and like trying mm-hmm. to figure out, do we, do we, leave this agency do we keep on with this agency what do we do like all all i can do is continue to pray believe that god is good believe that god is at work and and trust in his timing Mm. and all the while it helps to keep looking back and seeing what god has already done like Mm. when i look back and i see that John, our first adopted son, was conceived around the time that David, like, really sensed God telling him, do foster care. Um, When I see that, I realize, oh, God Mm -hmm. is in timing. Even if I feel like we're behind, Mm -hmm. uh, I, I don't have to worry about that because I know that he's in the timing, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, yeah, I don't have, like, I, I don't always have this, um, what's it called? I have my doubts, too. Like, I definitely experience doubt about, is God leading this way? And what does God mm-hmm. want me to do? Um, but ultimately, in his word, we see that he wants us to love him and treasure him most. Mm. Like, he wants us to glorify him in that. Mm. And so, like, whether we are walking this way or that way, I mean, we know which ways not to walk, right? Yes. I mean, yes. there's some things that we know like oh shouldn't go do that um but then like all this stuff over here that's in the light okay well walk whichever way in the light but Mm -hmm. if you're loving the lord that's a good indicator you're going the right way boy that's really good i like that the way you you close that i was talking to some students this week and saying yeah it's not hard to know the the clear boundaries it's all the other things that are that are in the light that are hard to know mm-hmm. sometimes so. yeah well as we kind of close here um i want to give you a few few opportunities one 
I think you're blogging or you will be blogging or you will blog as the Lord leads. Uh, (laughs) And we'll put this in the show notes, but at karinavenable.wordpress.com. Is that still? Yes. Okay. So the site, Um, where can people find you on social media? Do you have a website? What about your book you're writing? You know, like tell (laughs) us more about contact because here's the thing. I really, I, even as I have this podcast, I am really hoping that people will connect with each other. I don't know if that'll happen. That's what, one of my prayers. Yeah. And I suspect, again, I've just got people in mind that I think, boy, if they knew Karina, and hopefully they're getting to know you some here, but mm-hmm. if they knew you, there would be so much good that could come with those connections. So yeah. tell us where to pe- where can people find you? Yeah, I am on Facebook. So Karina Venable on Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um and yeah, the blog as well. Those are the two main ways that I'm online. Um, I hope to one day enter the Instagram world, but I don't know. It scares me a little bit. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. One more place. I know. It's just another another thing. Mm-hmm. So. Okay, so the the blog and Facebook. Yeah, and message me or leave a comment or, yeah. Great. Um, any closing thoughts to help us all uh, be encouraged in the Lord? Oh. What can Anything I say? Anything you can touch on that you'd want to touch on, sorry. Oh, um, I... You know, that's hard to summarize. He's good. He's good and he wants good for you. And um, read his word and take him at his word. Those are the things. Great. Read his word. I'm writing that down and take him at his word. At his word. I, I wrote down earlier, good things grow slowly. Karina Dash of Karina <laughs> Venable. <laughs> Those are her words. Let's pray and uh, we'll close out. Yeah. And uh, I want to thank you again for the time. So this has been a pleasure. I always love talking to you, Rudy. It's mute, feelings mutual. <laughs> so let's pray. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that uh, podcast interview with my friend Karina Venable. For those of you that know her, you just you just know how kind and compassionate and amazing that she is. Um, her smile alone just lights up the room. Uh, for those of you that don't know her, I want to encourage you to uh, search her out on Facebook, uh, follow her blog, uh, get in touch with her. She's just got so much to offer, and um, and I know um, you know she's just so friendly. So you'll want to be her friend. Um, but I want to thank you for listening. I want to thank you for subscribing. If if you haven't subscribed, but you're listening, I'd ask you to do that. Um, I'm hoping to bring these podcasts to you as often as I can get to them. I do have a long list of people, friends of mine that I want to keep interviewing. And it's just a matter of getting everybody um, lined up in my spare time. But um, I do want to thank you for listening. I do hope that it's encouraging you, that it's helping you continue on. In these times, these difficult days. So please stay safe. Um, hang in there. Trust in the Lord. And if you need any help, please just reach out. Um, I'm out here in Fort Collins, but I'd love to 
get on the phone or Zoom or help out in any way I can. And until we talk again, until the next podcast, I want to encourage you to go forward in the name of Jesus. Okay, bye.